podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. JF Stratford Paddock, this is The Brew. Joining me, I've got two absolute legends of the Manchester United fan base, Mr. Andy Tate. You all right? Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool? Yeah. I like it. Just got up. Hey, I can't really really have a dig at you because I know you've been doing nights. Um, And James Young, how are we doing? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Traffic's terrible in town because the uh, Conservative Party are in Manchester, which is... Dreadful, but apart from that, I'm doing well. Boot them out, get, get back, go uh, back south. It, it's only took 30 seconds for this to sort of get very political. Um, we're going to be talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's press conference. He's been talking to the media ahead of the game against Everton tomorrow. Obviously, as you can gather from the thumbnail as well, Donny van der Beek, the topic that just won't go away. It seems like we're becoming Donny van der Beek FC at the minute, uh, but he's been addressing concerns questions, issues, whatever you want to call them, about whether Donny van der Beek is unhappy and whether that unhappiness means he's on his way out. Also, we'll be talking a little bit about um, Cristiano Ronaldo. There's some reports about Ronaldo telling him what to do or telling him to get the ball quicker, so he's been speaking about that as well. Um, and we'll be looking a little bit about other players, because it's not just about Donny van der Beek. Um, we're talking about other players as well, including your favourite, Fred. Um, before we get into that, we get into all that. Do hit like, do hit share, do hit subscribe as well. We want to get 700,000 subscribers even. We're on 608,000, I think, last time I checked. So come on, we'll get 700,000 by the end of the season. Um, right, let's have a look at some of the the, co- the quotes even and the comments. Um, so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been asked about Donny van der Beek. Donny van der Beek, we saw it the other night against Villarreal. I spoke about it this morning on the news and it's still ongoing this. Um, he seemed to show his frustration when he realised he wasn't going to come off the subspench onto the pitch when Fred, um, I think, was it Fred and Matic who came on at the same time? Yeah. Or Lingard? Um, Lingard, yeah. Yeah, Fred and Lingard came on. It was obvious that was the, you know, there was no uh, more subs being made and he sort of took his bib off and in a way that sort of showed his frustration. You could see he was annoyed. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been um, addressing that, as you saw from the graphic a minute ago. Um, and he said, um, you know, Donny was ready to come on. I've been sub more than anyone in this club probably. I must have a record appearance as a sub and you have to be ready all the time. I've been unhappy um, a few times. Um, and then he goes on to say about that his decision a manager makes. I understand frustration. Every player is keen to play when they get on. Uh, show me not just Donny, everyone. Donny has never affected teammates negatively, so there was you know some sort of rumours going round or reports that maybe you know that was going to be um, he was going to upset everyone. Um, and then he goes on to say as well about understanding his frustration, um, but that's you know he's got into de- determination. It's not just about Donny, but all players. We need to have positive energy. So as soon as I see players affecting the team negatively, then that's a different scenario, and I'll be probably sorry, and I'll probably be firmer. So he's sort of saying that's not an, um, affecting everyone negatively or anyone negatively, Donny van der Beek's frustration. And he doesn't he doesn't seem to uh, have an issue with it. I mean, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. He's very good, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, at putting on a, a united front and maybe doing di- things differently behind closed doors. Andy, I'll start with you. What did you make of the whole Donny situation? I've probably bubblegum run out of flavour. Yeah, because there's that, there's, that, there's that bit as well in there I mean, about him flicking... If it's not watermelon flavour, what, what's the Flicking point? his Fli- chewing gum or something. Yeah, flicking his chewing gum, throwing it down, the flavour ran out. But uh, I want to see stuff like that. I, I want to see players who actually care and want to play for this club. And it's it was good to see. And it's quite refreshing. So you get players at other clubs who are just quite happily to sit up, sit on the bench and pick up a pay packet. Yeah, so you don't mind a bit of that bit of don't mind it. annoyance. I want, I want to see it. I want to see 
it, it, it seems too pally pally. I want to see a bit of anger between people, but in a positive anger. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. We do all argue with each other. Well, you know, I want to see stuff like that. Um, James, what do you make of it all? Do you think this is a bit of a storm in a teacup? Do you want to see Donny van der Beek start? Do you think, and like Andy says, you want to see players with a bit of passion? Yeah, but the thing is with van der Beek, I think he's had a few chances, and I think the issue is with United during the week, obviously, Freddie McTominay, I don't even want to get into that because there's a lot of debate around whether they should be playing together or not, but I think, obviously, van der Beek is a great player when he's at his peak. We saw when he was at Ajax, you know, he was an amazing player. He helped Ajax get to the Champions League semi-final, they probably should have got to the final, actually. Um, and they had a really good team, and he was a big part of that. But I think United's system has to work around him, if that makes sense, because the way that United play, if he doesn't fit into that and he's not a part of that, then is there a place for him in the team? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one there. Um, Mike Smalling in the chat says, give it gigs here till end of the season, um, as a famous man once said. Um, yeah. It is... Weird, because where do you stand on it, Andy, in terms of his chances? Do you think he's had enough chances or do you not think he's had enough? I don't think he's had enough. I, yeah. mean, I, mean, I mean, he played really well in the Carabao Cup against West Ham. That was my opinion. Yeah. And he's, what's your reward? I said, I said this last two games. Oh, you're back on the bench, lad. Yeah, take, take, take it. Take it like a man and stop crying. You know what I mean? But look, you've played McFred. You've played Pogba, Tommy. Both have not worked. At least try it. And if it doesn't work, then like you're back to square one. Fair enough. But at least you've got an option there. Utilise your squad. Use it. Because there's still nothing there. Last two home games, we've been put. There's nothing there from that midfield to supply them killer passes to, go, to, 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 to help Ronaldo, to help Fernandez. There's nothing there. They go, they, go, they go stop. They stop and they go back again. Go back. There's nothing there. And I want to see that killer pass. I want to see that pass that made it goes to the winger. Um, get involved in the comments in the chat. We'll get some of your super chats in a minute. You mentioned something there about killer passes. There were reports during the rounds that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, sorry, and Cristiano Ronaldo had, had a bit of a chat and Ronaldo wasn't happy about the, the speed in which the ball was getting played to him. Um, Ole was asked about that today, um, about whether, <coughs> the, you know, can you comment on reports on Cristiano Ronaldo telling you to move the ball quicker or telling the players to move the ball quicker? And Ollie said, well, uh, sorry, wow, what can you answer to that? What we speak about, that's between us. We've not had that discussion to put it that way. And I think he was laughing as well. I don't yeah, think, right. I don't think, he's saying they've not had a discussion about Ronaldo saying, um, you know, give me the ball quicker or whatever. He also went on to say about Ronaldo, uh, he had a great impact on and off the pitch. Five goals in five games at his age says everything. You've got to manage him. He's a very good example for everyone. Um, before I get to you, young girl, I'll just I'll go through a couple of the chats. Uh, Nate H says his chances come weeks apart. McFred, all matches. So I think he's saying about Donny there, he's, he's not getting a consistent run. Uh, Matt Leonard says the margin for victory is too fine for Ollie to give him his due at the minute, which is what's killing Van der Beek. If we had more 3 0s at 70 minutes, Van der Beek would be on more. Young, do you think Donny suffers from a little bit from the fact that he's only getting these chances when he's not? necessarily playing amongst the best players as well because we saw him I know he did play in Le against Leicester in the cup but against Leicester in the league when he started it was our reserve team wasn't it I think so but are you not bored of the whole thing because I just feel like I'm go we're going around in circles with Van der Beek yeah. he gets a chance he plays okay he doesn't really impress that much then people say well why don't you play him well okay yeah he's not had probably the right amount of minutes to get a run of games but 
I don't know, I'm just bored of it, honestly. I just It's the same thing with the Solskjaer thing. It's like people just want this to go on and on and on. I think hopefully we'll get to a point with Van der Beek where it'll end, he's either good or he's not. We'll either sell him or he'll still stick around and he'll play well in the team and that'll be the end of it. And it feels like at the minute on Twitter and other things, it just keeps on going round in circles and there's, there's no end to just these pointless arguments almost. There's no end to fucking... Fred is there as well, so there's the other pint. That's going to go fucking on into a void of abyss of nothingness. What do you mean by that? It'll fucking play, because if we carry on playing that, playing that, playing that, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Our chances of doing something this season are getting fractured and nothing's happening. It's going to go... It'll come round. It's an ever, everlasting circle, isn't it? So what you're saying, you don't think... You, you want to see Donny start instead of who, sorry? I want to see Donny. Give him a chance. At least try it. That's all I'm saying. Try it. Who would you Who would you drop for Donny Van der Beek? I try. I say I try Pogba and Donny. I try Pogba and Donny and see what see where it goes from there. So sorry. If you're like in your midfield setup, would you have two older midfielders? Would you have one older midfielder? How would you have it if you? I'd have two older midfielders. I try Donny and Pogba and see where you oh, go you from play, there. You play Pogba deeper then as a sort of older midfielder alongside Donny Van der Beek. Yeah. Um, Brath at Brath. Barath, ah, forgive me, I've got that completely wrong. Uh, do you guys really think Oli will play Prime Iniesta and Busquets over McFred? Because I've never, ever seen Iniesta and Busquets run like Jorisol bunnies. So yeah, he's obviously not a big fan of uh, McFred or thinks that Oli's just going to play them two no matter what. I'll have a look at some of the other comments to say. Um, uh, sorry, someone someone said um, cough once if you're being held hostage. So obviously this is a hostage situation and uh, I can't leave. Yes, there you go. Yeah. He's, have you coughed? Uh, <clears throat> there we go. There you go. There um, go. Hostage. Hostage situation. Um, Disciple of Ollie said, I got McFred starting tomorrow. Not saying that's right. That's my prediction. I think a lot of people probably agree with you. Um, McFred, Ollie out. I think, yeah, a lot of people sort of, some people agree with you, Andy, some people yeah, not so I'm sure. clueless about football, mate. Well, what, you sat behind the keyboard. Yes. You, you go to games, do you see stuff? <laughs> Whoever you are, all passion, no idea. I've been going for 37 years, mate. Where have you been last 20 years? Hey, sat behind a computer. Well, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It yes, matter yes, if, yes. They, if they agree with you or if they don't go to um, to games, it's not that particularly that matters. What I think is fair is that everyone's sort of got an opinion on Fred, on McTominay, on Donny van der Beek for one reason, and that's because we're not getting the results we should be getting. If we were winning football matches, we wouldn't even be having this discussion, but we're not. And I think that's the big problem people look at. You go, we've had three defeats already this season. Okay, we've got 13 points, which isn't the end of the world. But who have we played? We haven't played any of the top four from last season. But, but do, you not, do you not think the Villarreal game was like a, almost like a, a spark that's going to ignite United? Because <sighs> Jeez, man, I, I was saying that under David Moyes. I'm not saying that under I, David Moyes. I know, but, I know, but... Right, you know what I mean? Like, you what, get a result, it's like, this is it, this is a catalyst. Yeah, I know. You might be right, bro. I hope you are. And we might go on a 10-game winning run But what, what I was going to say was, do you, or do you not think it's a, what's known as in business and economics is a dead cat bounce, when essentially when the, the stocks are crashing... They go up a small bit because they fiddle with something and then just drop back down again. And I just hope that doesn't happen with United. And I think Everton on the weekend, if United play well and they get a positive result, then I hope they can just sort of move on because I think, especially with Ronaldo now as well and Varane, there's more character in the dressing room that, that wasn't there last season. And yeah. hopefully, some of the more senior players as well just lift the team up a bit more and just manage to get some more results and push on because I think Everton next as well. The games that worry me are more, you know, we've got Liverpool and City after that. If United still play as sluggish as they are at the minute, then, you know, hope it doesn't play out as bad as it has been this season. 
just on, I'm going to mention Donny one more time and I'm going to move on quickly because I think we're all, like everyone said in the comments, you, Andy, and you, James, we've, we've all pretty much had enough of talking about it constantly. But what do you make of Jesse? Because there's a good argument to be said that can can if Jesse can force his way in, like, is there a case for Donny to do that? Because Jesse was the forgotten man, wasn't he? And he's had, what, five minutes, was it, against Newcastle or something? Did really well, got a goal, had a bit of a stinker against young boys, but then made up for it um, against West Ham as well. He sort of grabbed that, the ball by the horns. I know I'm coming out of all the cliches there. Do you think there's an element of maybe Donny could do that or maybe should do that? Or do you think that that's just ask, asking too much for someone who's on limited game time? It's getting the chance though, isn't it? Yeah. If you get the chance, seize it. That's fair enough. If he gets the chance Saturday, seize it. But to be fair to Lingard, I mean, he seized the he seized the moment. And like, he even played a part in the winner on Wednesday. I think I think Lingard he deserves a lot of credit because I you know I'm not going to pretend I've sat here and I said it all through the summer. I thought he was going to go. I thought maybe go back to West Ham or whatever, or maybe go abroad. But I'm glad he has stayed because he's played his part. James, what do you reckon? Do you reckon? Donny has to take those chances, or do you think he's not getting the chances enough to take? Still talking about Van der Beek? Yeah, just quickly. <sighs> okay, right. Yeah, well, I kind of said what I want. He'll do all right. He might play well. This is the thing with Van der Beek. I'm just repeating myself now. Is that if he has a run of games in the team, I think that's when people can start judging him. But if he plays like he sort of is at the minute, where he comes on off the bench, he does okay. He needs to do more for me anyway to impress me. And I know that's difficult because he's not had a run of games. And he's not had a, a long spell in the squad. And I think that'll be it. If he gets five, six games where he can prove himself and he can say, right, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to play. Then he's kind of got no excuses after that. And hopefully we'll never have to talk about him ever again. Um, unless it's, you know, yeah. for him scoring the winner in the Champions League final yeah. for Manchester United Football Club. Uh, Parky underscore seventeen twelve who's been a member for 15 months of the first team. Thank you for your support. Much appreciated. Um, if roles were reversed and Bruno or Pogba in Donny's situation, would they struggle to make an impression in those games the same way Donny has? Maybe, who knows? Um, I mean, it's all conjecture, isn't it? We'll just have to wait and see. Um, I think there's another one as well. Uh, Sabare says, comparing Donny to Ollie is unfair. Ollie was back up to Cole, York, Rude, Berber, Rooney, CR7 and still got chance. Donny's left out for below average Fred. I think I think he's been a slightly little bit tongue-in-cheek there, Ollie Nassau, and he said, I've had more substitute appearances than anyone. And it was a different era, wasn't it, obviously, with, um, with Sir Alex Ferguson. I, I wouldn't Ollie. take everything he's saying in his press conferences as gospel I, as well. I know, I know. He's, he's, it, it's he, a press conference. The whole point is he's going to put a positive spin on things. He's not going to go in there and say, I hate Van der Beek, I'm never playing him again, and I mate, want him to leave in January. He sat in his press conference not long ago when we still had Alexis Sanchez on the books and he was on loan saying, yeah, I want him to come back. Mm. And everyone knew that was nonsense. He knew Lexi Sanchez was never coming back to United, but he was still a United player. So he wasn't going to say, oh, he's, he's rubbish, but I hope he didn't bite him. Because that's not what he does. He always sort of backs his players um, publicly. Uh, Glenn F, shout out to you, Jamie, man. Thank you. Um, do you want some good news? Because we've had enough. I think this is just, it's becoming like Martial FC all over again, this stuff. It's doing me heading. Yeah. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been talking about Marcus Rashford. He said, Marcus is fit. He worked really hard, but he's not had any contacts. If his shoulder can take the contact now, he should be ready after the internationals. How much have we missed Marcus Rashford, do you feel, Ander? Immense. Really missed him. And uh, then, like I say, them balls that get played into the channels, he can latch onto him and hopefully, like I say, get some more goals. He's, he's a vital part of the squad. I mean, he's fed the country. <laughs> he he bless, bless him. He's had a go at the politics. He's had heartbreak, like all, we all did. 
club and country. So uh, just get back to football. Leader of the opposition. Yeah, there's also yeah, a, yeah he was, wasn't he? Um, he also said about he's um, Marcus trained fully for the first time today with contact. There were a few tackles flying in on him, and he seemed okay, which was nice to see. I mean, the the night again, the other night against Villarreal was a prime example. Excuse me, and I think you can look, almost look at any loss we've had this season, and you look, you can see that Marcus would make a difference, no matter what. Some of the, the, the sort of criticisms I see levelled at other players, you know, about effort and, and just not wanting to, not wanting the ball and not being willing to take risks. Th- these are things you can't really level at Marcus Rashford. Yeah, you can level some criticism, obviously, but he's someone that, especially over the past couple of seasons, his numbers stand up to scrutiny. You know, with Marcus, no matter what, as a bare minimum, he's going to give his all. He's, you know, he's been playing with injuries for a reason. He absolutely, you know, lives and breathes Manchester United Football Club, and I can't wait to see him. You know, and as you've been mentioning there, Randy, you know, he's just the, the stuff he's done off the pitch is amazing. But whilst that's all well and good, and I'm, I'm pleased he's done it, and I'm proud of him doing it. My main reasons for wanting to see him back because I'm, he's a massive asset to Manchester United, and we need him. We need him on but that. It's mad as well, right? Pitch. His age. People still forget how young he is as well. Like. He's got so much more to give to United, especially him and Greenwood. Like, I think he will. Hopefully, he's not unlucky with injuries or that sort of thing. But if he continues in the, the form that he's in right now, I mean, we're going to be talking about someone that's going to score so many goals for United in the future and is going to play so many games. I think he's like a... And it sounds obvious, this, but he's almost like a once-in-a-generation talent that comes through United's academy. You know, we've been we've had a few of them before, you know, the likes of Will Keane that never really made it, and other players as well. But it's mad that Meteorland game in the, the Europa League, if Martial doesn't get injured, like, what happens? Yeah. This is yeah. The, it's always that thing, in it? People always say that. He got injured in the mm. warm-up, didn't he? And it's like, I remember being at that game, and I remember as well, like, I didn't know a lot about Marcus Rashford. I barely heard of him when he started. I wasn't one of those, like one of those that watched, at that time watched the academy mm. as often as I used to. Um, and I remember in the first half, there was some guys sat near us who were levered and they don't usually sit mm. there and they were just giving him a load of grief. And then in the second half, he just absolutely turned it up a notch. And ever since then, he's just, you know, he's never really looked back. You look at his numbers over the last couple of seasons. It was 21 goals in all comps last season, 22 the season before. We know he's been carrying injury. If you could put, you know, if Marcus can hit anywhere near, the, around those numbers, I shouldn't say anywhere near, but around the 20 goal, 20 odd goals a season, Mark, that's, I mean, that's, that's going to matter, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's going to be hungry as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the pain of losing two finals, it's going to drive him on. And he's you, you're looking at a winner like Ronaldo and hopefully some of the other players look up to Look at Marcus now. He's like, he's been through pain. I know what I do, go through that pain. I want to win st- stuff. And uh, Marcus, will, uh, like some, some of the players will look up to him. Uh, like I say his mate, J- Jaden. Greenwood is his birthday by today as well. So happy birthday to happy Mason birthday, Greenwood. Mason. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it can only uh, help the team and help the confidence of the players. I think you make a good point as well. People forget that, you know, the, the, the FA Cup final against Chelsea, I think a lot of us have put that to the back of our memories, but he has lost two finals, you know. I know he's obviously won ones as well, but he'll be hungry for trophies, like you're saying. A player of that talent... He's coming to the point now. He's, was he 23, 24? He's 20, um, He's 24. Three until he's 23. 20, until he's 24. Uh, he's 24 um, this month, end of this month. In the prime between 23 to 29, he, yeah. he, he, he wants trophies. You know, mm. he does. And he's got a lot of people to prove wrong as well after the Euros too. I think that's the thing with Rashford. He's so hungry and he's so... 
I don't want to, desperate's the wrong word, but you know, so many people were after him after he missed that penalty. And I think as well, because he's been injured, he's not had that start to the season in the same way that Beckham did after 98, where he came back and that his debut, well, not his debut, but his return against Leicester, where he silenced everyone. Rashford's been unlucky that he's not almost been able to have that, so I think he's going to be desperate to come back at, you know, these away grounds, just sort of your West Ham's, your sort of lower teams in the division that are really have a big England support. I'm sure he's going to love to, to score against them. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Some people may be wondering where um, Stephen Housen is as well. We'll have a little update now. We'll have a picture to show you where he is um, in a minute because I know usually people are like, where's Steve, where's Steve? But people have got used to him. He's a bit sporadic on this. Um, He's a busy bunny. Mm. He, he is a busy bunny, but um, if we can get a picture up on the screen, I'll give you a clue as to where he is. He's a bit of a heavy clue as to where he is as well. Um, that'll be up with you shortly. Um, yeah, I mean, listen... I look at Marcus Rashford and I look at the, the numbers he's got and I look at the player he is just from watching him. You know, just put numbers to the side, just watch the talent he's got. And you think that, like you say, James, he's still only young. And look at some of the, 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 the top goal scorers. Just throughout Premier League history, a lot of them, when they turn 24, that's a season that, that can, around that age, it's a season where they can really kick on. You mm -hmm. look at the likes of Kane, you look at the likes of even going back a bit further, the likes of Ian Wright. Rooney. Rooney, example. Yeah, you know, they, they have these sort of spells where they explode in terms Jamie of... Vardy Jamie, Jamie Vardy did it. Jamie Vardy did it. Late, one of Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he was like... He's like one of the freak ones. I think when he was late. like Rashford's age, he would have been playing in like League One or something. Fleetwood. Yeah. Then, and uh, he played in some, some team in Yorkshire in uh, non-league. Yeah, I think it's Stocksbridge yeah. just outside. Stocksbridge just outside outside Sheffield. Stocksbridge Park Steels. Um, there you go. Yeah. See, so there's there's you know there's plenty of time for Max Rashford, think but I think now is the time if that makes was, sense. I think he's still one of the most expensive signings ever from non-league when he was at Fleetwood. Really? Yeah. There was a time when Jamie Vardy was going to quit football. Mm -hmm. wasn't there? There, was think, there was a time Jamie yeah. Vardy was going to sign for Arsenal. I yeah, remember he, that, he, he and he seriously saw, considered it. He saw the error, and he and he stayed, and he won the Premier League. He's won the lot. Um, yes. Oh, there you go. You can see that. You should yeah. be able to see that on your screen. There's a bit of a clue to where Stephen Housen is. I don't know. It's not much of a clue, and it? it's difficult to work out where he is. There. Well, the skyline's wrong, isn't it? The sky usually grey and dark. Hey, if you got him, in, if you got him into <laughs> one of those behind closed doors friendlies again, I, I don't get people into anything yeah. like that. But yeah, he's he's chilling <laughs> with his new mate, um, some bloke called Real Fernand. I think he's hanging around with. I don't know. I mean, yeah. come on. Why, why would you go and hang around with Real Finn when you can hang around with us? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? What's he got that we haven't other than a load of Premier League titles and Champions Leagues and England caps? Um, Reese Robinson says, Andy, how do you compare Varane to previous United centre-backs? Um, pass the live eye test for you? I think Varane's looking good. He has, he's had one or two mistakes, but uh, yeah. Once he, he's getting settled, I think, and he's getting settled fast. And uh, sooner we get Luke Shaw and Maguire back here, we can have a settled... Uh, three to four. James, what have you made of Varane? Because we were—I was chatting at the game the other night, some mm. of the lads, and we were getting very excited about Rafael Varane, just how good he is. Yeah, no, but he's the thing is with United, especially the the defence, and this is the same under Van Gaal, it was the same under Mourinho. United never really had a solid defensive partnership. You know, you go back to Ferguson where United had like uh, Rio and Vidic and Stam and Bergen, and those sort of partnerships. Really, the the bedrock of a title winning winning team is based upon when. You know, United had Lindelof and Bailly, Bailly, Maguire. There was never really a solid partnership that United have had. But since Varane's come in, I mean, he's up Maguire's game as well because Maguire doesn't have to do as much now because he's got Varane next to him. And Varane's so assured as well. And in those big matches, he's just got that experience. I mean, you know, people call him Champions League Varane because when he was at Real Madrid and 
he was such a big part of those teams that got to Champions League finals and won them because he's just got that energy and that commitment and that for a big game player, he's very reliable. You know, someone like Bayi or Rojo, they're just they're just they're not the type of player you want. You know, if you think of a Champions League semi-final and you've got Bayi or Rojo as one of your centre backs, it, it's a li- more of a liability than Rafael against Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the thing is as well, we when those players come in sometimes, mm. like Bayo Roll, we've all been guilty of it. The the good box office, yeah. the flying tackles, well, the, the, you know, do you remember, do remember Rojo's uh, Rabona against yeah. this? Yeah, <laughs> and it was I was out of the crowd yeah. going mental, and it's like this is great, this is funny, and you know Eric Bayo when he comes in, stop, you know, what like, are you doing? Like he's clearing the ball with his <laughs> back, and he's skipping around players, and he's flying in like feet first, mm. and it's all exciting and funny. Until it's like actually yeah. when you want a until, challenge until you're for playing a title. It, until you're playing the Olympics against Spain, yeah. you score an own goal in the last. It's minute. like it's the, the, they're easy to like and the sort of cult mm-hmm. hero esque, but yeah, for a, a title challenge or to win the Champions League, I just don't. Like um, I hope Bayer can learn from him, mm, and work with him. Same for Lindelof, learn from him, work, make yourself a better defender. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Same for Telez as well. I, yeah. I hope Tell, Telez was poor the other night, but I'm, I thought I'm sure we can overlook that for what, what we're at with his left foot. Um, Delo was worse than Telez on Wednesday. Oh yes, yeah. oh yes. I indeed. felt for Delo. He was getting yeah. targeted. One, he was obviously having a very difficult Thing game. Is, though, of it. He never put a tackle in when he went past him. Oh, he no. just let him pass him. I know it was the crowd were getting a little bit tested with him, but the crowd steps up and he did in the end. We you know we got the win, mm. but oh, it was can difficult. I just say as well like, on Wednesday, TRA were brilliant in yeah. terms of the atmosphere at Old Trafford. I mean, well it, it's been lacking in terms of basically since they've come in, especially on European nights. It's been hard to get an atmosphere going because everyone's been sort of spread out and stuff. But since they've come in, especially, I mean, that Stratford End right side, it was so loud and it was it was sort of going around the ground as well because I was in the rail seats and because of the atmosphere Same they were they were generating, like everyone was stood up. And I know that sounds like a bit of a strange thing to say, but I've been at Old Trafford before where like everyone's just been sat down the whole game. So yeah. it's good to see it. No, it is, and we talked about the TRA earlier today, mm. and you know, a big fan of what they do, and they do things if you don't know, they do things a bit differently. They encourage people in that section. You have to apply for it. You, you stand up, you sing, you chant. You don't have your phone out. You don't film. You just get involved, and you know, if you don't want to do any of that, and you don't have to apply for the TRA. But if you do, then you can do, and and it's working. You know, the atmosphere, as James said and Andy said. It has been fantastic, and I think they have to take a big part of credit for that. Uh, Badath R says, uh, why is no one talking about Carrick and McKenna? Good question. Do you think, right, because this is a, 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 an issue or a topic that's been raised a few times, about coaching staff, that people saying, uh, you know, it's maybe not Ole that's the responsible for some of our poor results. We need better coaches, or we need more, you know, experienced coaches. And when, when I say experience, I mean in actual coaching at a uh, top level. What do you make of that? There's some, they're all best friends because, like McKenna, did he work with Ollie before when he was in the reserves? I, I mean, I think they've that. all got sort of ties to the club and they've been around for a little while. Obviously, we know about Carrick and, and, and Mike Feeling. I think with, with coaches, and I say this with any coach, I don't think you know. No, no. I, I know that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but if you'd have said to me, well, if you'd have asked me in 99 when Steve McLaren took over from Brian Kidd, do I think Steve McLaren's the right man for the job? I wouldn't have had a clue. I barely knew who he was. You know, when you look at Carlos Quiroz when he came in, is he going to be Ooh. the one that's going to help us win the Champions League? Yeah, he League? was the one. Yeah, definitely. he was. But I didn't know that. And no, I wouldn't have gone, oh, well, this is it now. We're going to win the Champions League. Mm. You just don't know. I mean, right, Rene Mullenstein as well. Yeah. Until he left United and gave loads of interviews and explained what his job was, yeah. no one really knew yeah, what he, he did. Because that's the thing with coaches. The, the good coaches, yeah. they're not well known because they do their job properly and that's it. Yeah. Whereas under Moyes, the reason why he found out about <laughs> Steve everyone, Round. Steve Round, <laughs> was because it's a bit like... 
political advisors almost. The only reason you find out about people like Dominic Cummins is normally because they're doing a bit of a crap job. They're, yep. they're not supposed to be in the public domain. No, 100%. You know what? <laughs> I never, I was thinking about this the other night. You know, we were making subs. Mm. i never forget when um, we were playing. I can't remember we were playing. It might have been Liverpool. And um, we wanted to make a sub. And I think it was Welbeck or someone's warming up. And Steve Brown comes out to go and get him. Like Moyes always said, go and get him. We're bringing him on. And he was stood there going, like, shouting at him. <laughs> like, Danny, Danny. <laughs> and all the crowd are going, just go and get him. What are you doing? We're like, you know what I mean? We're 3 0 down or whatever, and you're messing about. Oh, that one. Yeah, oh, oh. Danny. Oh, he can't hear me. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll get him later. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Come on. Yeah, the Steve Brown, Jimmy Lumsden. You need era. strong management. You need, was, you need was strong awful. management. That's what you do. Now, I want to see it. I mean, I want. I want to see, I know Ollie sits on his little keypad and all that, but I want to see Holly on the touchline barking harder sometimes. I know you see him get irritant now and again on the touchline. But, but did, did you like that about Emery? Because he was going for it on, on Wednesday. Especially oh, yeah, when, I want, when that's when what I want to see. He was properly you doing could all see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That when, when we scored the winner, you could see mm. he was hurt. And I want to mm. see that in the United management. I want to see that in the United team. Not we go again, we go again. And we got your back, bro. I wanna see I wanna see it in a positive way. Anger. Posit uh, positive anger, but positive anger. That's all I say. It's a thing. Look it up. Posit positive anger. No, but it, it channels it. See. You feed off your failures. Yeah. You don't just like, oh, put it in the cupboard. Oh, it's no. okay. We go again. Oh, you use the defeat in that what? In Fergie days, you use the defeat. Fucking galvanises you for the next game. You know that. Yeah, Fergie. One of my favourites. Fergie stories is when Chucky told me this one. He went. He was doing his coaching badges at um, Old Trafford or United. He was in Carrington. We'd just been beat off the Scousers. He went into Carrington. There's no one there. No one on reception. Goes in uh, like the, the offices. And there's no one there. He thinks where the fuck is everyone? Went out to training ground. No one there. There's no one about. Mm. He says he can hear like a, di a voice in the distance. Like I think like coming from the canteen. I think it was. So he's gone down to the canteen. Fergie's voice and Fergie basically rounded up everyone the office workers the ground staff the coaches the players the tea lady the receptionist and he got them all in the canteen you know, or wherever it was and he was just rollicking them all saying the standards of this club aren't good enough we shouldn't be getting beat off Liverpool if you're not happy with that if you are happy with that you can go and find another job and all this and just like poor tea lady and he said Chucky said he stuck his head around the door saw what was going on and then just thought yeah forget that he just got off but that was it though it was everyone was on the same page do you know what I mean And for, I mean obviously that's a bit extreme but if we weren't going to get the results, Fergie didn't just look at the players, he looked at the staff, he looked at the coaches, he looked at everyone. He worked that ethos at Manchester United to be. Cath the reception. Yeah. I don't know if he picked on him, but that's a brave man. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> he, um, he, he had to, you know, he had to maintain them standards. And maybe that's sometimes what we need to see. Um, I'm with you, because you look at what um, McLaren did when he left, very patchy career. Look at Arteta when he left Pep. People go, no, he's the brains of the operation. You know, especially after winning the FA Cup, and he's he's record since then. You can be a dreadful. strong second in command, but you can. What is a strong second in command ever gone into be his own? No, I never seen one. Um, there's been a, there's been one. I mean, a lot, I mean, a lot of the old United coaches. Well, McLaren won one Dutch title. I'll give him that. Um, Brian Kidd struggled didn't he, when he went to Blackburn. Yeah, they mm -hmm. got relegated. Uh, Carlos Quiros struggled at Real Madrid. He ended up at um, Iran, didn't he? Carlos Quiros. Uh, he did a very good job at Iran with, with Iran, actually. I'm glad you're here because I haven't I mean, a clue about how especially, he did it. Especially at the World Cup. I mean, if you go back to 2018, they were a really difficult side to break down. He yeah. played very defensively, especially against Portugal as well in, in that last game. Uh, I'm fairly certain it was. Can I can I be honest though? Like you right, mm. right. Obviously, I'll take your word for it. I trust you that he had he did okay at Iran, mm. uh, Iran, but I don't think we can say that Quiroz when he left United. No, no, no. Has, but you know, I mean, despite doing well in the World yeah. Cup with Iran, 
But what I'm saying at club level, I, I agree with you, but yeah. internationally, I, I think it's different as well with certain managers too. I mean, I think um, Rennie Mullenstein, when he went to Fulham, obviously didn't do a good job, but I think it's like Solskjaer as well when he was at Cardiff. You know, managers take certain jobs and it's not right for them and there's other stuff going on. And people always use Solskjaer's example when he was at Cardiff and said, oh, relegated Cardiff. Well, hang on a second. Any manager that would have taken that job after Malky Mackay would have got relegated because this was a club that who had an owner in charge that changed the colours and the badge <laughs> of the kit in the same season and just did all sorts of mad stuff. Like, any, it's, yeah. Boo, do you remember him booing his own team? Yeah. I, I, I remember that one. He was booing him. He stood on the touchline mm. or in the executive box booing his own team. That's a great example to set when you're yeah. the owner of a football club. Um, Crazy. Another topic that's come up during the press conference was the fixtures. Um, do you remember Everton away last season where we had the game against Istanbul? We don't need to go yeah. talk about that one. And then we played on the Saturday afternoon, early mm. afternoon, and Oli was fuming, so they set us up to fail. Well, it sort of happened again. Um, and Oli talks about the fixtures. He says, us and Chelsea played Wednesday night. We could easily have played Sunday, and the Liverpool-Man City should have been a Saturday one. Common sense might not have been so common, unfortunately. Absolutely no explanation. Well, it's TV. It's absolutely no common sense at all. We had the same scenario last year when we played in Turkey and came back and played Everton. What do you what do you take? What's your take on that, Andy? Is that frustrating for you? Do you bother about it? Do you think the, uh, we have been stitched up a little bit from the Wednesday to Saturday early kickoff? Well, the fixtures are there. I mean, I can understand the frustration, but it's it's TV. They pay the money. They dictate. They tell us. They tell the clubs when to play, when to kick off, move games. I mean, I say, I say last week. I've said, I said this before. Mm. We've had like, was it four? I know we've been through a pandemic, lockdown. We've had like four, three o'clocks in the last two years. And Man United can't bitch and moan about this because last Saturday was supposed to be a three o'clock, and they knew about two months in advance there was a concert on the same day at the cricket ground, and they and they swung it with two weeks' notice. So Man United can bitch on moan all they want. Uh, they're just as capable. It's the world we live in. And you switch the kickoff to, to mm. half 12. When people had plans, they booked hotels, travelling up. People missed that game. Shows how you care. So works both ways, lads. Get on with it. Mm. you got to feel for Oli, though, because he's not... Like you were saying there about the concert, whatever. that's nothing to do with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. He's got a group of players there that he's trying to get fit and ready for this game. He must look at it and go... You know, we had this last season, and I flagged it up. And again, this season, it's just from a manager's point of view, you can understand that. Well, I can. Can you understand? Yeah, I can understand that. But it's the way the world is now with football. Yeah. It is it's the fixed right. It's shit planning from the council as well to put that on the same day. Don't get me started on uh, the council as we beer all day. Like honestly, <laughs> like why? Why would you go? Yeah, I know. There's seventy five thousand. Them people. bins don't collect themselves. <laughs> Sorry, go on. It's, uh, <laughs> 75,000 yeah. at Old Trafford and his Once every three weeks for a black bin. Are <laughs> and you cricket crazy? Ground. Are you mental? How does that work for a family of five? Sorry, go on. Uh, mate, this is more important than what I was saying. Continue, please. Uh, I'm only joking anyway. Salford City Council. Is Salford. I think that's Manchester Council yeah. there were the other ones. Um, right. right. Um, but maybe, yeah. maybe the next time Steve speaks to Andy Burnham, he can raise that on your Oh, panel. yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that? The, the, poli- the poli- political interview we all wanted yeah. to see. I'd, Stephen House yeah. and Andy Burnham. I do um, miss yeah. three o'clock kickoffs, so though. I'm sick of it. Do you sick, do? Do you? Sick of these half twelves, especially when you've been working night shift and you have zero sleep. I think away matches it's worse. Yeah. But, if it, if it's but you go a, for the love of it. So, yeah. If it's on a Monday night, because that's what annoys me, right? You've got Friday nights even yeah, worse. You've got people saying, 
oh, like especially like certain uh, broadcasters when the Super League was all kicking off, saying, oh, it's, it's greed and whatever. Like whilst in between wall-to-wall gambling adverts and then also doing yeah. a show on a Monday night, which was purely based on the fact that they knew more people would watch football at that time and more people in terms of actual match-going fans were completely at a disadvantage because they had their game moved from the weekend purely for TV. Which is it's like, I don't understand why Sky especially was so surprised. They're going, oh, the Super League. It's like, well, you're the people who's you're part of the problem. Do you know what I mean? Everybody wants the cake and eat it. That's what they want. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get used to it now, don't you? Mm. That's that's a sad indictment of it, really. I'm, I'm sort of with you, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's just the way it is. And even though I don't like it, it's, you know, you sort of come to expect it. I nearly fell off the table. Then. Um, <laughs> City get preference because they're Premier League champions. Is that no? I think with that, the City Liverpool game, obviously, that is mm. that was for, for the TV one. That's the bigger one mm. um, for for the TV thing. We never so, got preference when we were champions. I think we did. Nah. I mean, United's still the biggest draw to yeah. win it on the telly. Do you know what I mean? So hated the door, never ignored. Exactly. Mm. This is um, it's whether you um, whether, whether you agree with it or not, United are always going to sort of be one of those that have to get their games moved ourselves for the telly, and you know, see other teams doing it as well that can negatively affect it. So you get it from both sides. Sometimes your games are moved, sometimes other games are moved, which these yours is stuck in the the silly. I do spot remember one is. one at Christmas. Was it they, they tried to play Everton on a Christmas Eve? Yeah, mm. and Alex Ferguson told <laughs> was it the Sports Channel where to go? Mm. Really? Oh yeah, it was um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. No, sorry, oh seven, oh eight. I remember it. Yeah, they wanted to play on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, you can't play. Christmas Eve, it was it? like so they wanted to play about five o'clock on a Christmas Eve. I do remember it. We we, we won with a last minute penalty as well. Mm. Who was that against? So? Everton. Oh, so you what? I was working. I missed it. So no, so is the way. Uh, get involved in the comments. Let us know what you think of the fixtures. Let us know what you think about the fact that Marcus Rashford is coming back as well. Um, how much you're looking forward to seeing him? I take it looking forward to seeing him. What do you think? This just sorry to go backwards slightly. I just want to touch on it quickly on Jaden Sancho because we've all sort of mentioned him. But I, thought, really. I thought you were going to say Van der Beek again. No, for a God, second. no, I was no, say, no. That's you can know. we talk about the beans instead, please? Yeah, <laughs> let's go back to the the, the, the uh, once every three week bland yeah. bean collection. Um, no, with Jaden Sancho, I wouldn't say a, a bit. Well, maybe a little bit of stick, some more questioning about him. Gareth Southgate's commented on it, said that he's not had the greatest of spell, but he's in the squad anyway. Which you know, that's the most Gareth Southgate yeah. statement I've ever heard in my life. Um, do you think it's going to be a, a hindrance to him at all now that he's got Marcus Rashford coming into the squad? Or do you think the fact that Marcus is his mate, as you mentioned, Andy, that could be the little boost should, he needs? They should thrive on it and work off yep. each other because um, I I believe in Jaden Sancho. I know the Bundesliga is more, more, more fast, more, you know, you see the passes. I've seen him in it last season. I mean, he, he finished fourth, he squeezed into the Champions League. He was a big part of that as well. Yeah, wasn't yeah, he? and he, and he yeah. won a German Cup a few days later. So, and same, that's that's a rarity, isn't it, for Dortmund? Yeah, it's a Dortmund. Trophy, same yeah. with Ronaldo. People forget they, that. Ronaldo were desperate to get the Champions League. They finished fourth a few days later. They beat Atlanta and they won the Italian Cup. So, your momentum is everything. And uh, I'm just scared for for Jaden. I don't want him going the same way with the Donny scenario. I don't want that. And that's what's concerning me. I don't think it will. But um, he just he's he's a young kid. You just got to give him time. I, mean, look, I, I, that, think, I think you're right. I think, you know, 
one that thing Bellingham, we, we, we Dortmund, he's he's ripping it up in a dark. But he, he is, and like you said, well, there if he about, comes to another team, is he gonna? He, no, he'll suffer. What you said there about the German league, though, now you know it's, it is obviously different. And Jadon Sancho, only twenty-one, he's still got used to Premier League. Still got and used also, to I mean, he, he played at City as well before he went to Germany. So his his upbringing in that aspect, his football upbringing, is in academy football in England, which I know is different to Germany, but. It's not like he's being played in a completely different country the whole time. He's gone to the Bundesliga to improve as a footballer and he's done pretty well out of it. And he's came back. And I think that's a bit of a disgrace almost on City's behalf that their players have to leave to go to Germany to get game time because they won't be given them yeah, in, in their own um, team. Yeah, it, it is a shame that City produce talent mm. and they don't make the first team. And they, they win the Youth Cup and move on. Same with Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's the sort of MO for some of clubs is just to get a lot of youngsters in, especially from all over the world as well and from all of different parts of England or whatever, and then move them on. I mean, <laughs> if it works out for us, I'm not I'm not gonna be uh I'm not I'm not gonna moan about it to be honest with you, because I think Jaden Sancho is an immense talent and I can't wait to see him when he when he kicks in at gear. There's no rush. Seriously. I think you know we're, we're fortunate that we've got other attacking options that are producing as well. So I think but, we might but just need to show a little bit of patience, Jaden Sancho. Not a lot, but even if it takes him another couple of months or whatever, there's no, you know I mean? We don't need to panic. This is a guy that could be at Manchester United for the next decade. It sounds obvious, but he's a big improvement on Dan James as well. In that, in that position. Do you know so what you say? It sounds obvious, though. Yeah. I've seen some people who argue that Dan James is better, but that's nonsense. Right. Uh, Peter Kelly in the Super Chat says, there was supposed to be a rule for this season. If you play in Europe on Wednesday, you don't play the 12.30 Saturday. Well... It seems that that rule only applies when Manchester United um, are in town. Well, it doesn't apply, whatever the whatever it is. Um, right, I'm going to wrap it up there, guys, right. because I think we've spoken about Donny van der Beek. We've spoken about the fixture stitch up. We've spoken about, um, oh, James Young's throwing his, Manchester, <laughs> his United We Stand fanzine there we go. onto the table there. By United We Stand. Yeah, James, uh, are you going to be outside the ground selling it? No, uh, I, I, I won't be selling it. Can but I just re- that's, yeah. how, that's how I used to stand when I used to sell it. Right. Hey, I used to stand you can out. keep that. Free copy. There you go. Go and check it out. Yeah. Um, United We Stand. Um, they'll be outside the ground on uh, on match days. And if yeah. you can't get it, you can get it online. If you can't get down to the stadium, you can get it online. UWSonline.com. That's the... Uh... Andy Mitten will be proud of you. Hey. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. Doing well there. Um, where can people find you, James? Uh, I'm at Twitter, uh, at James Young TV. And uh, also in there as well. In United what are you writing about in here? Um... It was about, the, in that current issue, yeah. uh, I wrote a great piece on why... Well, I'll be the judge whether it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Just tell me what it is. The unpredictability of um, football and why NFL's boring as a result, and I compared Tom Brady with uh, Ronaldo. Wow. Right, well, I'll be looking out. That's right. a bit of bedtime reading for me yeah. tonight. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so make sure you're checking out United We Stand. Make sure you're checking out James Young. Andy, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram. I have a love for football, and you've got to understand how I play. I how, love how you play? How I how I see the game. Positive Pe- anger is, po- I think, people your, your criticize. You, you love it? Met or hey. you hate Met? It's your choice. Hey, loved or adored. Make the call. Andy say he's never ignored with his positive anger. That is that's, something that's you can gonna, all. It's be, only yeah. a game. Tap into. Uh, so make sure you the name of Andy Tate's autobiography, Positive Anger. Yeah. If you had yeah. an autobiography, what would it be called, Andy? <sighs> Life is. You know what? 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 <laughs> Life is. Life is. Life is. Dot, dot, hey. dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> On that cheery note, <laughs> hey? Um, don't forget as well. To Life check. is like a box of chocolates. Right, oh, yeah. That's that. better. No, that's, that's, that's not, not, not what you said. You can't have that. That's something else. I'm Andy Tate. I can say what oh, I want. Right, it's okay. too long for a book. Right, um, don't forget to check out Paddock Merch. Um, paddockmerch.com. We've got all the t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts. 
Make sure as well that you're subscribing. Let's get to 700,000 so subscribers. As well, sorry, what? happy Nigerian Independence Day to all of our Nigerian viewers today. First of October. Um, yeah. Right, can you not interrupt me when I'm about to say <laughs> happy Nigerian Independence Day? Um, <laughs> thank you. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, this has been <laughs> the, the Brew. That's been Andy Tate. That's been James Young. I've been Jay Marty. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.